Hi, this is Bill Arnold. Missed a show or need me talking to help you sleep tonight? I have several solutions to that situation. Here are the podcasts from the show. You are the best for listening and supporting Faith Radio. Welcome to Afternoons with me. I'm Bill Arnold, and what a blast we had uh, in the great giveaway. That was a lot of fun, and I hope you enjoyed it. Thank you for the great stories. We didn't get to all of them, but there were some fantastic stories, so thank you for participating in that. And as you think of other acts of kindness you can do to make people's lives brighter, you're always being an ambassador of Christ. You're being salt and light in the world that is a very troubled and broken world, so thank you for for doing that. Um, I'm looking forward to speaking to uh, Carrie Heddington this hour. As you know, Carrie is a regular guest on the show, and I always enjoy uh, learning from her. Uh, she has um, a background that is uh, pretty impressive. She has the Good News Initiative. She's an evangelist that has spoken all around the world. She had her training at Yale, Harvard, and Oxford. So she's a absolute delight. Yeah, she pays attention in class, unlike me. Carrie, welcome. Thank you, Bill. <laughs> Bill, it is so good to talk with you I today. agree. I haven't talked to you in a while, so this is really nice. It's good timing. It is. It has been a while, and uh, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas, Bill. But it, it is 70 degrees here where I am. What, what What's the temp where you guys I, are? I want to say it's in the teens, <laughs> so it's a little bit more like Christmas around here than it is in Dallas where you are. Uh well, you know, it's beginning to look like Christmas, and you know, but we are still right now in in the season of Advent, which means coming. I want to look at today uh, the gifts Jesus brings at Christmas, but I want to kind of lay the foundation as we as we enter into thinking about those gifts. So this this season of preparation. You know, what what many of us are doing are out and about. People are rushing around um, trying to to get gifts, and hopefully uh, the good good work you all are doing, the great gift giveaway that's fantastic. Um, You know, they say in this season that February has the most eviction notices because people are trying to get toys for children. Mm. So wherever we can help is wonderful, but I, I started, I looked at the early church and looked at why they called the first followers of Jesus, this practicing and preparing for Christmas actually started around the 5th century, and they wanted to call it Advent because they said, you know, this, it means uh, Adventus in Latin, which means coming arrival. And it's a season when we celebrate the fact that Jesus Christ has come and we prepare ourselves for the second coming that Christ will come again. And so reading about, even starting back in the 400s, those those early followers of Jesus spent this time and this season leading up to uh, the celebration of the coming of Jesus, the incarnation. 
the followers of Jesus fasted. Uh, they they confess their sins. They confess their sins to God. They confess their sins to one another. They uh, reached out if they needed to be reconciled with a brother or sister. They prepared in this season. They went out and asked for forgiveness. Um, it was a season of hospitality where they they opened their homes to have meals with one another, and it was a time to care for the poor and those in need. And so it was a season of, uh, a season of of a number of weeks leading up to Christmas where they prepared their hearts to receive Jesus afresh and. What it what to me just reading about what they did, the early church, the first followers of Jesus. It was a time to refocus and reset. And I thought, wow, I need that in my life. I need to refocus and reset and reboot my thoughts and my words and my actions and and how we see the world. And and Bill, I know, um, I know for all of us. I mean, so you know. For pretty much everyone I've talked to and I know in my own life, this time of year, especially in the midst of the pandemic that's still going, we can we can lose our focus. Our vision can become blurred, and the lenses through which we see the world can often become really covered in a lot of muck. And as I've been thinking about it, uh, you know, Adam and Eve, the first human beings, and the, when we read the biblical narrative, Adam and Eve, when they turned away from God, their vision of God became blurred. And they lied to God and they hid from God. You know, God's first question in the Bible is, Adam, where are you? And Adam Adam hid from God. And why, why did Adam hide? I mean, we often think about why why did he hide from God I would say he forgot that that God the God who made him the God who blessed him with abundance and was a good God and forgiving God and yes a just God and also a merciful God they forgot their vision of God became blurred and so they they hid and I think more than ever during our lifetime, uh, our vision of God has become blurred, not only in uh, <laughs> December leading up to Christmas, but also in the dual pandemic, this, you know, one external, this COVID virus seeking to ravage our bodies, and the second, an internal virus of division, hatred, poverty, greed, racism, and despair, uh, our vision has become blurred, and Christmas comes, I think especially this year, Christmas comes as a time to remind us to wipe the, lend- the lenses off and to help us see God clearly, to help root us in reality. Christmas comes to remind us that God has come that God has revealed himself to all of us and that we we actually can know God. Carrie, when you were describing as the people were getting ready and they were repenting of their sins, confessing sins to one another, having meals together, I had this 
neon word flashing in my head, and it was the word healing. That would be so healing if we did that. Yes. Wouldn't it be healing? Oh, my. Yes. Yes. Healing, because because it makes space, it makes holy space to to welcome God, to welcome Jesus into our hearts afresh, to make room for the in in our own lives for him. And of course, he is the great healer. And it's those those practices. It's it's what our world needs right now. It really is. I couldn't agree more. Now we're going to talk, uh, continue to discuss the um, what the meaning of the incarnation is and the five gifts that Jesus brings. I, I know we're all going to be excited to hear each one of these gifts, and I know you'll do a great job of going into detail with all of them. But I think what I'll do is I'll take a little bit of an early break because I don't want to cut you off uh, two minutes into uh, the first gift. So Carrie Heddington is my guest, and we'll be back in just a minute. Carrie Heddington. We're talking about the five gifts of Christmas. Uh, Carrie is an evangelist and an apologist. Um, she is the um, the founder of the Good News Initiative. Good News. I hope I'm saying that right, Carrie. I'm probably not. That's right. You yeah. got it. Yeah. And I, one of the things that you did was you introduced us at Faith Radio here to uh, J. John in the UK, who we love. And so thank you for that. I just want to connect those dots and let people know that it was thanks to you we uh, we were introduced to him. Oh, he is such a gift. In fact, I'm going to use some J. John-isms today, so you'll you'll hear a little J. John. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad because I, I, we love him and we love you. So let's uh, let's talk about the five gifts that Jesus so, brings us. So, so to think about it, um, you know, Christmas comes to answer the burning questions of humanity. Where is God and who is God? Christmas is about the invisible God becoming visible, the unknowable God becoming knowable. It's about Jesus, God with skin, God in human flesh. God has come and God has revealed himself to the whole world. And what good news this is. You know, God, the the great news of Christmas, God doesn't sit removed from our pain and suffering, but entered into our broken world. I love reading the Gospels. We are going to get to the gifts, Bill, I promise. Before we get to the gifts, I just want to just think about this for a moment. I love reading those first followers of Jesus who realize that the long-awaited Messiah had arrived. And think about this. The Jewish people have waited for hundreds of years how God would send a rescue. I know we feel like Ah, will God send us a rescue to this pandemic? Part of what we're going to look at today is that he has in Jesus and and how we can receive the gifts, um, not only to survive in this life, but to thrive. Think about there were all of these prophecies 
um, how how this Messiah would the, the offspring of a woman would crush the head of a serpent in Genesis three, how God would establish a new covenant, how God would um, a virgin would conceive and give birth to a son, and he would be called Emmanuel, God with us. How God would send a king who would rule and reign on the throne of David forever. How God would send a rescuer, and by his stripes we would be healed. And scholars say there are over 300 Old Testament prophecies that are fulfilled in the life, death, resurrection, and ascension of of Jesus. And Peter Stoner, I don't know if you've heard this one, but it just blows my mind every time, Bill. Peter Stoner, the chairman of the Department of Mathematics and Astronomy at Pasadena College, um, studied biblical prophecies in depth. And Stoner looked at just, just looking at eight prophecies alone about Jesus, particularly around the birth narrative. He said the conservative probabilities for each one of these being fulfilled is 1 in 10 to the 17th. So there's like 10 with 17 zeros. And he he said, just to visualize this, if you mark uh, one of 10 tickets and place those tickets in a hat and stir them and ask a blindfolded man to draw one out, um, the chance of getting it is one in ten, and but suppose we take ten to the seventeenth, that would be seventeen zeros. If that would be if you laid silver dollars across the state of Texas, and it would go two feet deep, and you mark one of these silver dollars and stir the whole mass thoroughly, and ask a blindfold man to go and to pick that silver dollar and to pick the right one. It's it's exactly that one in ten to the seventeen zeros. In, in other words, Bill, it doesn't happen every day, right. <laughs> and so so you can feel feel the jubilation of these followers of Jesus. You know, of Mary saying, "My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior." You know, God has done great things for me, and holy is His name. I've been reading about. Um, Anna, you know, 84 years old, waiting, and she sees the baby Jesus and rejoices. And Simeon, uh, an older man who said he would not die until he saw the Messiah, and he said, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you now may dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations." a light for the revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of the people Israel. And John saying, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And Andrew running as to his brother and saying, We found the Messiah. And so you just feel this great, great joy. I want us, as we get into these gifts, to receive these gifts with great joy. Um, the, the writer to the Hebrews, I love it because you have this sense of this longing, longing, longing for God to break in, and then this celebratory word. Um, from From the writer to the Hebrews, he said, Long ago, God spoke to our ancestors in many and various ways by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by a son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom he also created the world's. He is the reflection of God's glory and the exact imprint of God's very being, and he sustains all things by his powerful word. And you just you can just hear this this 
absolute celebration. And, you know, I'm a history major, and so as we as we get into this, Bill, as we get into thinking about the gifts Jesus brings us, you know, I think many people, including including uh, many believers might say, oh, the, the nice lights and the stories of Christmas, and gosh, I hope it's true. Or is this kind of a myth or a fairy tale? And we need to think about that in the New Testament, faith is not a step in the dark or wishful thinking or, gosh, I hope this is more than a fairy tale, but faith in the New Testament is a step into ultimate reality. It's that Greek word, pisteo, which means to to trust, to put your weight down on so real that we can give our very lives to it. And so we think about this gift giver, the God of the universe, the God who made heaven and earth, who made all that is, this God came into our world, came to you and me, came to earth so he could show himself to us and say, I am real, I am here, I am with you, and especially for a world shattered by a dual pandemic, I am a good God. I don't sit removed from your pain. I entered into it to restore and renew and rescue you. And, you know, isn't this good news? It's it's a, the best news ever. There's no better news, Carrie. You know, the Bible scholar Eugene Peterson said it this way. He said, God moved into the neighborhood in the person of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But, but, Bill, as I go about my day, I don't know about you, but... There are many people who don't think there's really a God out there. Or if if God is there, uh, they say he's clearly forgotten about me. You cannot imagine the heartache. Mm-hmm. And I know uh, Barna just did a, a study of the U.S., and I think many people are feeling this way. God, are you out there? Do you hear me? Help me. Seventy-eight percent of people in our country uh, purport to being stressed out. 56% are anxious. Over 60% are depressed. 38% are grieving. And and this is the time more than ever we come to say, for God so loved the world that he sent his only son, that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. For God did not come into the world to condemn the world. He came to the world to save the world. Our good friend Jay John says this. He always says, if our greatest need was food, God would have sent us a chef. If our greatest need was money, God would have sent us a banker. If our greatest need was policies and good government, God would have sent us a politician. If our greatest need was power and strength, God would have sent us a power lifter. And if our greatest need was a good relationship, God would have sent us eHarmony or Match.com rep. But what we need is freedom, healing, restoration, and reconciliation. And that is why God sent us a Savior. And, of course, the crush makes no sense without the cross. This baby was born with a purpose to save humanity. And Jesus said, I've come to bring life and life in abundance. And who 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 doesn't like presents? 
<laughs> right? And Jesus comes and is brings us gifts. Now, we could spend hours, Bill, talking about the gifts Jesus brings. I mean, Paul says in Ephesians, Praise be to God, a Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. But I want to look at five today and 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 just savor as we unwrap each one. Do we have time for number one? Jeff? Absolutely, we do. All right, our first gift that Jesus brings, and I want us to imagine uh, Jesus coming to our door right now. Uh, perhaps you're on your car ride home, and you're thinking about gifts you need to get for others. But I want I want our listeners for a moment to put all that aside. And just listen to the gifts that Jesus wants to bring every one of us. The first gift is family. Have you ever had the sense that you just didn't belong? Even when surrounded by family and friends, you feel out of place. Uh, I know I have. We all want to belong. Why? Because we were made to belong. We were made to belong to God, and God came to earth to make it possible for all of us to be in his family, God's family. The Bible says to all who received him, who believe in his name, he gives the right to become children of God, born not of blood or of the will of the flesh or the will of man, but of God. And, Bill, for us to hear today this gift, we unwrap this first gift of family, God wants to adopt each and every one of us on this planet. And we all come from broken human families with various degrees of broken and dysfunction. There is not one family that is not cray-cray. I'm just saying. (laughs) (laughs) And Christmas... Christmas can bring up family and strife and deep pain. And, you know, I was talking with a man the other day, and he he actually was a, adopted uh, by a family here in the in the U.S., and he came from an orphanage, orphanage in Africa. And he said, Carrie, he said, we were talking about God's family, and, you know, we were talking about our own families, and then we were saying, isn't it also amazing that we have this wider family? We need to broaden our view of family as people of God, that God brings us into his family. And he said, you know, when I grew up in the Af- orphanage in Africa, and he said families would come in, and he said every single child our burning, burning desire was, please pick me. Oh, wow. Please pick me. And he said, he said, you know, when, when families would come, and he said, you know, when I wouldn't get picked, he said, I would go to bed at night and think, what's wrong with me? Why didn't they pick me? Mm. And that's, that's the yearning of every human yeah. heart. Talking to Carrie Heddington, talking about the five gifts that we get at Christmas time. We're still... With gift number one, we'll take a short break and be back and hear the rest of them.
I say if you got a cool resume, bring it up once in a while. My guest, Carrie Headington, has that indeed. She's a graduate of Yale University, went to Harvard, got her M, uh, master's, and then she has two graduate degrees in theology, evangelism, and apologetics from Oxford. So we're glad to have her with us today. We're talking about the five gifts of Christmas at Christmas time. And family number one, you really uh, brought that home beautifully, Carrie. Oh, thank you, Bill. So we're, we're we're looking at the five gifts, and I just encourage our listeners, put your own shopping list aside and just receive these gifts from Jesus uh, this afternoon here. The first gift, as we said, is family. By the way, they all begin with F, so we can remember them, okay? So the first gift is family. And, you know, the family of God, we are all welcome into God's family. He is our Heavenly Father. He's waiting on tiptoe to greet us and love us and celebrate us. And all of us are invited into this family. We are never turned away in this family. We are always embraced, always welcome. Human families, Bill, will always, always fail us. Our earthly fathers will fail us. Our earthly mothers will will fail us. But our heavenly father he will never fail us. You know, the, the image I have, the lights are always on, the door is always open, the meal is always prepared, God's home is always with us. And this is the family we were made for. So if you feel out of sorts with your earthly family, I want, I want our listeners to take a moment and visualize your family in Christ. You're part of a great cloud of witnesses. You're a part of a huge global family of believers and especially a spiritual family with God where he is your heavenly father and we are adopted as his children, every single one of us. And he invites us all. He says, come and be part of my family. And he will never, ever, ever fail us. So the first is family. The second gift is that Jesus brings us is friendship. Jesus is a friend like no other. Jesus loves unconditionally. The Bible says God is love. It is who he is. God is pure love. You know, one of the greatest scholars of this century, Karl Barth, said, if we were to summarize the whole of the Bible, it would be just that, God is love. And someone asked this brilliant scholar uh, what the Christian faith is all about, and he said, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Mm -hmm. And God says in Scripture to us, but how? Have we really received us? He says, I love you with an everlasting love. He says to all of us, you are precious and honored in my sight. You are the apple of my eye. Now, many of us speak all kinds of words over ourselves, but do we speak those words that Jesus brings in his gift of friendship, that he loves us, that we're the apple of his eye? You know, Bill, when I think about this, what this means is when we look in the mirror and think to ourselves, if anyone knew that about me, they would surely reject me. Or my boss saw that side of me, I'd get fired. Or if my friends or spouse saw those those parts of me, they would run and leave me. And God says, I love you. I love the whole of you. The things that you struggle with, I want to help you and clean you up. and, and, And I love you. I love you unconditionally. 
He loves us at all times, no matter what, because he is love. It is his nature. And I think that's what was so life-changing for me personally. You know, we live in such a performance culture where we have to live a certain way and look a certain way. I think, you know, social media has compounded this where we feel like we always have to put on our best face and everyone constantly feels that we're not quite enough, that we've missed the mark. I remember I was talking to a woman in in, in Florida, and she looked at me and she said, God loves me. I said, yes. She said, no, I'm really hearing God loves me. She said, you know, if I made a B-plus at school, my parents said, why didn't I get an A-minus? Or if I didn't, if I made an A-minus, why not an A? And she was telling me how she was constantly, constantly achieving, achieving more and more. And we just need to realize there's nothing we can do to make God love us more. And there's nothing we can do to make God love us less. God loves us unconditionally, always. And that's the kind of friend he is. He's also a friend who never leaves us. You know, 80% of Americans say their primary source of pain is loneliness. I know I have felt this. I mean, before I got married, I lived alone for many, many years. I would drive home at night and pull into my little cement block apartment and make soup for one and just hours and hours of silence and go to bed and put my head on the pillow alone and wake up alone and drink my coffee in silence and then get in my car by myself and pull back out to go to work. And and there were times when the loneliness was so palpable, it, it almost crushed me. And then I would take a moment and I would say, I'm not alone. God is with me. Jesus says, I will never leave you nor abandon you. I am with you always to the end of the age. So I would say, Jesus, you are right here with me. So I've talked to so many, uh, especially in this season of, of Christmas, who say, I feel so alone. And we need to remember the reality that we are never, ever, ever alone. And so I encourage us, if we have that pang of loneliness set in, just to stop and say, Jesus, thank you for being right here. So the first gift is family. The second gift is friendship. A friendship like no other is what Jesus brings. And the third gift, Bill, I can just picture us unwrapping this bow, is the gift of forgiveness. All of us have made mistakes. We hurt others. We hurt ourselves. We fail. The Bible said all fall short of the glory of God, every single one of us. Um, Our friend J. John says the heart of the human problem is the problem of the human heart. Mm, And it's why God sent us his son to save us. And the name Jesus literally means God to the rescue. And on the cross, that 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 perfect sacrifice where Jesus literally took upon himself the sins of the entire world, yours and mine, the sin crushed him, but that wasn't the end of the story. He rose again from the dead, breaking the choke of sin and death forever so that we could be forgiven, so that we could enter into a relationship with God forever. It is finished, Bill. And so Jesus comes to bring us this gift of forgiveness, a clean slate, a fresh start, you know. And and I wonder, 
you know, do all of us, have we received that gift? I asked a reflexologist, you know, what's the greatest ailment when people walk into your office? And I'm thinking shoulders and neck is what I'm thinking. And she said, oh, that's easy. She said, it's, it's people not, not forgiving themselves. And she said, I can just feel it in knots in people's body. Jesus came so that we could be forgiven. And he, he paints this beautiful picture. Jesus says, you know, the way God forgives, he doesn't, he's like a father at the end of the, who's sitting at the end of the road and his, his son who's totally rejected him and made a mess of his life is, is way, way out. And the father sees the son and he runs after him. And he doesn't say, I'm going to see how well my son grovels. He says, there's my son. He was lost, and now he's found, and he throws him a party. That's the kind of God we serve and love, and that's the kind of forgiveness Jesus brings. I was sharing this with a young man on the street, and he said, you don't understand what I've done. And I said, what did you do? And Billy told me, and I have to tell you my (laughs) – the the, the hair on my neck rose up. I mean, it was um, chilling what – this young man had done and I looked at him and I said Carl that is why Jesus came and so Jesus brings that gift of forgiveness to all of us what a gift that is such a gift yeah so he's holding in his arms he's he's got the gift of family he has the gift of friendship he has the gift of forgiveness the fourth gift bill is the gift of freedom The Bible says the one who the Son sets free is free indeed. And Jesus said, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. I think many of us go about our day um, gripped by things that just want to hold us and chain us down. and, And we don't think that we can be free of it. And Jesus says the truth will set you free. It's a promise. So whatever we're struggling with, guilt, despair, worry, an addiction, self-destructive behaviors, negative thoughts, shame, whatever it is, Jesus wants us all to be set free. And Jesus said when, when we receive him into our lives, we receive the gift of his Holy Spirit, and that is the spirit that will set us free. And the Bible says the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in us. That's serious power, Bill. Is it ever? I love that passage. I love it. It, it, And and it's true. You know, I'm a walking testimony. You know, you, you know, some of my story that, that I suffered with debilitating depression for a good portion of my life. And many days I couldn't get out of bed and, even wanted to die. And when I asked Jesus into my heart and his spirit began to change me and began to set me free from that grip of depression, I mean, truly, mine has been a process. For some, it's instantaneous. But I have so much joy now that I don't know what to do with it all. In fact, (laughs) I was speaking recently, and one of the comments said, the speaker's joy was off-putting. And I was like, you have no idea how happy that makes me, <laughs> that criticism. That was f- 
fantastic. I said, if you only knew my story, you know, my stepsister, you know, was was in the choke of a drug addiction to heroin and and she came to know Jesus and slowly we watched the Holy Spirit set her free. But I think I think just you know, those are kind of dramatic things. But even things like worry and being stressed in this season and 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 negative thought patterns, negative words we think about ourselves or not feeling good enough. All of that, we can be set free of that. And Jesus comes and brings that gift of freedom to set us free. Now, Carrie, I'm just amused by your the comment when you were speaking that you were too cheerful, too joyful. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, that makes me smile because <laughs> I, I, I am thinking how sad it is for a person who sees a person full of the joy of the Lord, and that is off-putting to them. I know. Yeah, yeah. I know. They need to be they need to receive the gift of freedom too. I love that. So thank you for <laughs> for reinforcing that idea because there is people that need that gift of freedom and it can be it can be happening today. God can be yeah. releasing you today. Yeah. Um so let's take a little break. Carrie Headington is my guest. We're talking about the great gifts of Christmas that Jesus brings each one of us and is available to us. We'll be right back after a short break. come from the greatest gift giver, and that is God, and He is wanting you to receive gifts, and I pray that you will be open to receiving these beautiful gifts from Him at Christmas, especially if you have never trusted Him for your salvation. Yes. Ah, uh, Bill. Well, we've, we, we're, we're down to the final gift, but just to, just to recap these gifts that, that Jesus brings us, The first is family. God longs for everyone to be in his family. He comes with with his arms outstretched and, and wants to adopt every single one of us. And he says, you can be, all of you can become children of God. No matter where you are, who you are, come. Come to me, he says. He gives the gift of of Friendship. It's, Jesus is a friend like no other. He loves us unconditionally. He is a friend who never, ever, ever leaves us. He says he will be with us even to the end of the age. So family, friendship, the third gift is forgiveness. Jesus died on the cross so that we could be fully, fully forgiven. There's not one thing any of us have done that Jesus isn't ready and waiting on tiptoe to forgive. And we can literally be free this Christmas, a clean slate, a fresh Mm -hmm. start, totally forgiven. Um, 
Again, the crush makes no sense without the cross. And Jesus came for a purpose to for, to set us free and forgive us. And the, the the fourth gift is freedom. The one who the Son sets free is free indeed. And whatever we are dealing with has already been defeated through his death and resurrection. And he will give us that Holy Spirit, his Holy Spirit, to set us free. And for some, it might be instantaneously. For others, it may be a process. But no matter what, the Son of God came to set us free. And Jesus brings us that gift of freedom. And Bill, the last gift, the last gift. So we have family, friendship, forgiveness, freedom, the last gift. Carrie, hang on just a sec before you come in with the last uh, gift, because I just want to remind my listeners who maybe just climbed in their car who they're listening to, and this is Carrie Heddington. So we've been talking about these wonderful gifts, and now we're up to number five. I can't wait. These wonderful gifts. It starts with an F as well. (laughs) The gift of a future. The gift of a future. God says in Scripture, for great are the plans I have for you. Plans to help you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Bill, God has a purpose for every single person on the planet. And he has given each one of us unique gifts. And he calls us to use those gifts. Um, Part of that is receiving the gifts he's given us and then to share those gifts with the world. You know, if you think about it, um, the every snowflake has a different design. Every, That's crazy, isn't it? It's crazy. Yeah, that is and, nuts. And, and I know someone who met this, a scientist who studies snowflakes, and, and they really do. They each have their own pattern. Um, we each have our own fingerprints. Every single person is fearfully and wonderfully made. And so for our listeners, I want to say to to you today that God has made you for a purpose. If you still have breath in your lungs, God has work for you to do. And no matter how hard things are, maybe right now in your life, the scripture says God works all things for good. It will have a purpose, and and the the pain you feel now is going to help bring consolation and calm and and comfort to someone else. We have a future, and and Bill, I, I was talking with a woman, a uh, 103 years old, and she says, "Boy, the greatest part of a future is eternal life. That this life is not the end." When we take our final breath here in this life, part of our future that God has for us is eternal life. And it's eternal life with a God who brings these gifts, with a God who is love, with a God who welcomes us into his family, with a God who is always our friend, with a God who forgives us completely when we ask and turn to him with a God who gives us perfect freedom. This is a God. And so we are called, though, we are called to live into this future that God has for us. 
We are to be the good news ambassadors, to share with the world that God is real and God is alive and God is good and God loves you and you can meet him. His name is Jesus. So, Bill, in these final moments, I I want us all to think about what what gifts do we need from God today? Do we need to be reminded that Yes, our earthly families fail us, but we are part of God's family. And if we've never said yes to be part of God's family, we can do that today. And I'm going to show show us all how. Do we need the gift of God's friendship to know we're not alone and we're loved unconditionally? Do we need the gift of freedom? Is there something we're really struggling with? Do we need his peace? Do we, what do we need? What do we need freedom from? And we can ask. And do we need forgiveness? Do we need to come to God and say, I'm sorry. I've, I've messed up. I've missed the mark. All of us have messed up. Do we need to receive that forgiveness afresh? And do we need to receive a purpose to say, God, what is your plan for me in this life? And and do we need to receive the gift of eternal life? And I'm just going to say a simple prayer as we end, and our listeners can can pray this along. If if you've never received the gift of Jesus, I'm going to pl- pray this prayer, and it's just three simple words of, that we learned as a child: thank you, sorry, and please. So just if as our listeners are driving, just to receive these gifts afresh. Lord Jesus, thank you for coming into the world to to save me. Thank you for showing me the way. Thank you for loving me and dying for me on the cross so I could be forgiven. I'm sorry I've turned away from you and gone my own way in my life. I'm sorry I've ignored you time and again and gone against your ways, Lord. Please forgive me, Lord, and I ask you to come into my heart. Amen. Jesus said, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice, open the door and I will come in and eat with you forever. So Jesus, as we prepare for Christmas, Jesus is knocking on the door of all of our hearts Carrying all these gifts of family, friendship, forgiveness, freedom, and a future. And I encourage us to receive those gifts afresh for those who have received them before to unwrap them again. And if you've never unwrapped them, to open that door and let Jesus in and get ready to be Mm. transformed and be made anew. Beautiful. Carrie, I've got just a little bit of time left, maybe a minute and a half, but I did get a, a, a message that came in. Family member was sexually abused for years as a young child and young teenager. She's gone yeah. to counseling and says she's forgiven the person who did this to her, but she just keeps letting it stir up in her life and won't let uh, go of it, and it has a hold on her. How can yeah. we uh, help her to get this gift of freedom? Yes, thank you for that. And I... I resonate very deeply with that. That's part of my own story. The image that I have and that's been given to me to help with my healing 
is me opening the door. So for the listener to open the door, let Jesus in and say, Jesus, this hard block inside of my heart, I don't know what to do with it. It causes chaos in my soul, and I can't remove it myself. Lord Jesus, will you come in? And so the image that I have is Jesus coming in and removing that hard block and then saying, Jesus, will you replace it with your peace? Peace of Jesus, come. And so I encourage the listener, this is the image that I often have, and it will come back and it will try to get back in there but to continually just ongoing. And, of course, you know, therapy, talking with someone is always helpful. Um, we can. There are lots of tools out there. But just to continue to say to stop, to find that holy space of quiet and stillness and just picture Jesus coming in very gently and lovingly and removing that 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 big block and burden and replacing it with his healing his healing love yeah beautiful words carrie thank you so much for being on the show today and merry christmas to you and your family merry christmas bill you're such a blessing to us thank you so much carrie headington has been my guest we'll take a little break when we come back a nice uh encore performance with todd mulligan we'll be right back Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at MyFaithRadio.com.